And welcome to To Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Yeah, watching for the very first time. Very first time. Sarah, can I just say, um, <laughs> I've never said this before. God. <laughs> You've got a magnificent head. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to say that. So, right, true story, right? My dad had a massive head. Right. Right. And there's like a running joke in our family about as in my dad couldn't like some people just have big heads. And my dad had a had a massive head. Not like his personality was big headed, but he had a big head. And he struggled to get hats and stuff. And my grandma, who I never met, but apparently had a wicked sense of humour, used to say that pushing my dad out basically ruined her and it meant the other ones could just walk out because his head was so big. Well, there we are, and it's the brain of Morbius this week, everybody. We're starting off strong (laughs) with all the head talk. Anyway, I've got a few updates before we get into the story. Oh, update. Okay, really very, very quick Neighbours update, if anybody was interested. Um, So I got a message from Neighbours Guy. Oh, yeah, So apparently, Irish Lady is sending the videos back to me. And then I'm to send them on to him. They haven't, I like, as far as I know, they haven't turned up, but apparently they're on their way back. To your old place? Well, apparently, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if I put an address on, but he is insistent that she has sent them back. I've not heard from her. But I reckon he's given the address, which is your old place. There we are. So that, so I will let you know if they do turn up again or or what happens with that. Well, if they're there, you, you ain't getting them. Yeah, I know. You don't work there anymore. You've sent them to your work. Because I reckon if he's harassed her and been like, and she's gone right fine when we're sending them, he's already has your old work address, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's. They'll tell me. I'm sure I'll get a message saying there's a big box of videos turned up for you from Ireland. Don't say that because do you remember last time when that parcel arrived and I was like, that looks dodgy as fuck? Okay, okay. Oh, my God, we have to talk about that. Oh, no. Okay, everybody, if you just bear with us, we just need to talk about a story, which I can't believe we've not talked about. I don't Maybe we had to know. I don't think. Anyway, there was a, a parcel arrived at my work um, with not uh, any sort of address on it or anything. It came from the postman, Royal Mail. Uh, it had, it like, in. It had loads of sort of, it was an old battered cardboard box, loads of tape all over and everything. And all it had on it was some return address from somewhere that I'd never heard of. And then sort of in in, um, biro, sort of scrawled across, it said, forgive me. (laughs) And it looked very, very dodgy. So Mark, but can I just point out, Mark had this for like days. So he was like, oh yeah, this package arrived, showed it me. And I was like, Mark, that is, and I just happened to be in. And I was like, Mark, that is dodgy as fuck. (laughs) Like, why have you not called the police? And he was like, I'm not calling the police. I was like, it's been delivered. It has no address on it. We don't know how it's got here. And it's it's like battered and old. I was like, you call the police like, and be like, I've had some weird package. Well, no, well, it, it did turn up. I did open it a bit, but there was these sort of wires hanging out. So that's what <laughs> alarmed me. So I put it in a cupboard and just forgot about it. In case and it I was like, Mark, it could be bomb. Like, you've no idea <laughs> what this is. So, and it was like a couple of days I was in and I sort of was like, no, that is dodgy. So I called the police. 
Yeah, of course. You call the police. No, actually, what happened, everybody? Can I just say? <laughs> Sarah phoned them up, and then as soon as someone had to talk to them, she handed the phone over to me. So I, was I, had to report, I had to report the bomb, or supposed bomb, and everything. And then the woman on the phone was like, Why didn't you report this before? And I was like, Well, I'm glad someone asked <laughs> you that question, is all I'm saying. Anyway. Cut a long story short. They came within like 20 minutes, can I point out? Those police officers were not even like half an hour. They were like through the door. This wasn't that long ago either. Anyway, it wasn't a bomb, everyone. It was an old sat-nav thing that we still don't know why it turned up there or who it was from or why (laughs) it ended up there. But anyway, there we go. That is already off topic, but there we go. That is the suspicious package. Anyway, uh, the neighbours' videos might turn up, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Okay, also, some Doctor Who news. Well, also, sorry, just to neighbours, have you seen who they've announced this morning? Yeah, more people, yeah. Who yeah. are coming back? Margot Robbie's yeah. going to make an appearance. Everybody is coming back for it. It's great. And, okay, we'll talk about neighbours a lot on here, but it does have big parallels to Doctor Who, I feel, because they're both long-running TV shows. You have characters from the past coming back. They've both sort of been axed at some point. I feel like there is a there is very strong parallels to these two shows, which is probably why I like them. And I think a lot of Doctor Who people do not like Neighbours and or at least appreciate the history of it. But this is a Doctor Who podcast, of course, not a Parcels or a Neighbours podcast. <laughs> oh my god, that would be a really good podcast. Things in the Post. I bet there's one about that about postal. Well, how would it, how would that work? You talk about I don't know dodgy post every week. How much dodgy posts do you get to make a podcast on it? But I need to tell you about the Doctor Who convention that I went oh, to yeah. the Utopia. Um, so I'll, as always, I'll tell you sort of the relevant things that you know. Oh, well, I showed you the pictures. So I met Nicholas from The Massacre. Do you remember Nicholas? I did after you mentioned it. He was Stephen's friend and they pushed him over in France, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so I met Nicholas from The Massacre and Cassandra from The Myth Makers, another, she was in the missing episode, the one that Katerina joined in. She was, oh, yeah, basically, yeah. Katerina was her handmaid. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I saw them, that was good. And they did an interesting talk about the missing episodes. That was, oh, I also saw, well, Katie Manning was there, as always. And when I won bingo, I won a ball signed by Katie Manning. Look, like, <laughs> this, so it's a plastic ball. So it's signed by Katie Manning. I'm just showing that. And she's drawn her face on it. So, <laughs> so context, though, for people, Mark just went and I won the quiz and then sent me that picture. There was no, like, this was my prize. So I was like, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I wasn't expecting No, yeah, so it was bingo and it was like a bingo ball that's signed by her, so... Very, I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but that was nice. So I saw Katie Manning. Um, who else did I see that you know? Oh, Jamie. Yeah, classic. Yes, so yeah. Oh, and there was a, uh, we watched episode one of Two Men of Cybermen. He did sort of like a live commentary, so I thought oh, it would be great. Cool. And we sat in a room with him and watched it with him. So that that's was really cool. cool. That's cool with the live commentary. I like yeah. that. Well, it was just literally just sitting in a room and he was just sitting with us, just chatting, and you could just chat and say whatever whenever. We were just all sort of sitting around. So that was nice. That was cute. Yeah, that was fun. Um, who else did I see? Oh, and I also saw... Okay, this was a bit disappointing. I haven't had... The sort of interactions weren't particularly, you know, Caroline Ford-like. There wasn't any <laughs> issues. No, just apart- asking about your dad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, apart from... So I met 
the producer of this series that we're watching now. He's done the last right. Maker series, Philip Hinchcliffe. So, oh, right, okay. So he's come in, he's done the first series of Tom Baker from Ark in Space onwards, and he's doing all these ones now. He's the one that's bringing this sort of more horror element and stuff. So he did a really good talk. Really, and he's the one that said, "Let's do the cliffhanger with Sarah's face falling off and stuff." That was his idea and everything. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it was. He was. I really like him. Um, and I went to get the Blu-ray signed. And okay, he's old; he probably can't hear very well. But I handed it over, and I was like, oh, "Can you sign this to Mark?" And he took it, and he was. And while he was writing, I was like, "Oh, I love that how the Blu-rays come out." And I did this whole thing about how saying like, whenever the Blu-rays come out, everyone talks about it on Twitter. It's as if the show is on again at the time because it's all like that current series that comes out. Everyone's talking about. You know, you always see it. Everyone's talking about that particular season. Yeah, yeah. Hold da da da. And he looked up and just handed it back. I was like, there you go. And I don't know if he just ignored me or didn't hear me. I, but I this whole thing. And I felt like I'd just done this whole thing to nobody. <laughs> and, and I just walked away. Was, the person, was, was like, anyone with him? You know, the person that with him was sort of looking at me like, who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? You talking, like, I don't know. They just looked at, they gave me a funny look as well. I'm sure they appreciated so, it. He so, probably just didn't hear, like, if I know. Bless. I know. And then the last thing I saw... Sophie Eldred, who you haven't seen yet, but she's in that, uh, in the upcoming, she's the returning companion in the upcoming oh, right. that, yeah, I found, yeah. that I found the script for. So I was like, guess what? And I told her the whole story about finding the script at work <laughs> and finding out about it and stuff. She was like, oh my God. Uh, she was like, oh, thank you so much for not telling anybody. Thank you. Because I was, I was like, you know, she, she was saying in her talk how she had to keep it under wraps when she found out and she couldn't tell anyone and everything. And I was like... Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like getting paid for it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, so it's good. So, um, there we are. That's all the updates. So, let's get into today's story then The Brain of Morbius. The Brain of Morbius. Initial thoughts, please. <laughs> um, no, I really enjoyed it, but I'd struggled in the first episode a little bit. Oh, okay. And I think, like, my, I, I've realized what it is. One of my biggest, like, frustrations in the series sometimes is it's not clear when everyone's just against them. We have it sometimes where there's no one on their side at all from the start. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, for example, the one, you know, when they were just constantly going to jail because no one, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And they're the ones that I find really hard and frustrating because even though we know they're the good guys for me i am like well i don't mind a twist later on where it's like oh i didn't see that coming but i kind of need to be settled with like who's what that's just me i think as my me as the viewer i kind of like by the end of the first episode i need to be like these are the guys that like are rooting for us or, or, or helping us or something, and these are the ones that aren't. And that could change. There could be, like, some plot twists, but I need to have some sort of settlement of, like, this is where we're at. And we ended that first episode with basically just everyone just hates them. And I was, like, to the point a little bit where I was, like, I'm confused what's happening because there's a lot of things introduced. You've got, like, the sisterhood, which I think is brilliant, and I love the old lady. She's fantastic. But trying to understand their whole thing, like, even, I'll be honest, 
I don't really understand what they're about even now. I couldn't understand their relationship with the Time Lords. I couldn't understand. I just needed something, I think, to give me a grasp rather than just here's a load of people and everyone hates them. I think that first episode for me, and I've realized this is just something that's probably just me as a viewer. I need to have like a, I get to the end of that and I need to either know who these people are a little bit and understand it within the context or I need to understand the sides, as it were. Well, I don't know. I think it keeps it interesting when it's not so clear about everything. I think it depends, though, because if it's one where the whole first episode is them exploring and then you're discovering new people, that's different. That's like uh, we're learning as we go. Whereas this, basically, we've been by the halfway point. We've met the two big, cl- the two sides of it, and I'm still a little bit. I don't understand how. Like I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, we'll go through it then, and I'll try and explain as we go along. If that's not a criticism, I think that's just what I've realised me as a viewer, and I think that's what I like. Sometimes I struggle with. Well, we start off. And I don't know if you realise, so there's there's this crashed spaceship and there's this creature, which is a mutt from the mutants. Yeah, I did not realise that. I was trying to also work out, I think that was the other thing, sorry, if anything there we've seen before or happened before. So you mentioned a mutt and now you've said that, that makes sense. But even Morbius, I was like, have we met Morbius before? Have we met Sister Dakan before? Because I don't look things up. And I I was trying to think, like, is that why I'm not clicking we have met them and therefore there's a history. Well, it's very, it is very quick explanation when the Doctor and Sarah land and he's like, oh, I'm from around these parts. So it's supposed to be sort of near Gallifrey, I think. So they're sort of in the sort of Time Lordy area. Yeah. And he mentions Morbius that, well, it's it's all sort of in conversation. It's not particularly clear. You are, If you miss the, the odd exchange, then yeah, you might not. Because my initial thought of that introduction was he landed and then he starts shouting at the Time Lords. And I was like, have I missed something? Like, have I missed some landing? Well, I think it's another excuse for them not to be back, take Sarah back to Earth because supposedly they're on their way back to Earth, aren't they, from last time. And it's like the third Doctor. They, the Time Lords used to take the TARDIS off and make him go on missions and stuff. So they think they obviously know something's up on Khan and have diverted the Doctor. The Sarah and the Doctor, though, I mean, he's very grumpy because of that, but I like the way that Sarah interacts with him. and she's- They've got a great rapport and chemistry. There was a line, I think it was in the fourth episode or the third, I can't remember which one now, where he says, like, you thought I was dead. You think that a lot. And I absolutely crease at that because that is true. There's a really, that is like, bond between them there was a point in and i tried to record it and i just couldn't because i kept going back and forth in the fourth episode where i swear she said tom oh really yeah you know when they were doing that sorry we are really jumping around but just what's in my head before i forget you know when they were doing that like um head thing (laughs) oh the mind (laughs) the mind thing yeah. yeah so like he says something and then there's like it move. it's when it transitions from um, Patrick Troughton to the third John Pertwee. one, yeah. John Pertwee, it transitions, and I swear she says Tom. Okay, it's, I'll go back I and mean, listen. I, to I that. even went back and put cap, the caps, um, the captions on because she's in the background talking. She's like, "Oh, Doctor," and all this sort of stuff. And I swear, at one point, she goes, "Tom." <laughs> 
And you know, when you've got something in your head, you can't unhear it. So all I could hear was her very mildly saying Tom. Well, we'll, we'll okay, we'll see. But, but they have great chemistry. They have great rapport. That's what I was trying to get at. Well, and she's going off to investigate a bit, and she's like, oh, come on, let's go. She's got a torch, very sensible clothing as well yeah. this time. I mean, it's all done in studio, but it's still with the dry ice and everything. You don't really, it doesn't, it's dark, you know, the, the lighting is all right. You can tell it's studio, but it doesn't matter in this story, I don't think. No, it doesn't. It it works fine. fine. It's fine. Yeah, so then we meet the sister of Khan then. So, yeah, I've I thought you might like these these guys initially i didn't as in initially i was a bit like oh and again i think it's chanty stuff sometimes i'm a bit like what okay so chanty stuff yeah that's what i'm like because i don't like sort of the culty chanty stuff they're talking about the elixir of life and they're all like yes maran and all that yeah. kind of stuff i accept this chanty stuff though because well one they've got a bit of choreography going on when they do chant yeah. <laughs> they got some flames. Nice they got some nice costumes. I oh, I don't know. Got some scarves. There's some scarf dancing. The chanty stuff that I don't like. Say, I don't know, if you go back to like Underwater Menace or something where they're all like chanting. I don't like it when <laughs> oh, no, I can't say. No, I know what you're going to say. You're like when it's just um um when um. it's on um, or when it's sort of like <laughs> old overweight men in a leather thug or something you just don't want to see that and no, it doesn't no. suit them to dress up in all of these and we had it things. in the demons we and you have it, it in that you have it in that one when the, in, even in the most recent one they had the old men in the room I mean, didn't yeah. they yeah when it's just old men in a room arming I think that's what it is but this had some sort of style it, they, the way that they were dressed just everything sort of worked together and mm. even the way the camera work sort of did a sort of fade in and out to different angles so it's sort of built up rather than just in a circle or sitting down omming there's a there's a difference to it but no we both don't like the chanty stuff but this was acceptable yeah i agree and i think it's because there was like the leader was fantastic who was she um uh marin marin hold yeah. on let me just say that again let me just check i've got it up here because i knew you were going to ask this Marin, yeah. And then you've got Ohika is the Has young... Has she been in it before? <clears throat> My voice just went there. <laughs> Has she been in it before? Marin, no, no. I, you see, I wondered whether she... Because she is so good. She's so convincing. And she's an older woman getting that role. And she does not... Okay, can I just shock you here? She is done up old. She is not that old, I don't think. Because she is on the DVD extras made about oh. 10 years ago and she looks like 20 she's only sort of old now not in the 70s she must have been like 40s oh wow okay really good makeup then like there's a lot of good stuff in this story she is really great um and yeah it's only those two that talk isn't it and i think the other one's a little bit over the top the younger one yeah but she's very culty though she's very much like i'm in the cult but I think, yeah, the acting comes into it because again, when we've when we've had other culty stuff, oming stuff, they've been very. Uh, their their acting hasn't been. I know what oh, you mean. I can't explain it, but her acting—it's realistic enough. You believe that they've got this elixir of life. This is their way of life. So the sisterhood of Khan, if I can try and explain, I think. They're not time lords, but they are sort of time lord adjacent, I suppose. They actually are in the new series as well, the Sister of Khan. 
Right, maybe that's where I've heard it then. Maybe I've seen it on our Twitter and I've thought, have I seen them before? And that's why it's not been explained. There was a sisterhood wandering around at Time Fracture, you know, dressed up doing all of that sign of things. So they, they've, they've been brought back. I reckon I could make myself look older, me as a sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be one, yeah. I could, I could do, do I mean, I could do with the elixir of life, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then Mara, we find out, was there when Morbius... So Morbius is this sort of ancient time lord we've not had before anything. He's yeah. a, a bad a baddie, you know, a bit like the master, I suppose, but even well, better. Well, and the other one, what was the other one that we had that had no head? Well, Morbius. No, hang on. What? Who had no? Oh, Omega. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sort of a, one of those ones that we've not had. You know. So and I think they are because they've got these powers because they transport the TARDIS over with their mind powers and stuff. They're almost up there with the time lords, but not quite. So they but they keep themselves themselves as a sort of retreat on this planet. And I sort of, in the new series as well, they sort of come in and sort of advise and sort of help the Time Lords a little bit. So they're they're not Time Lords, though, but they are known to the Time Lords. So, yeah, it's very difficult to sort of gather all of that up in episode one. I see what you mean. That's all, because... And to the point where I actually only watched the first episode and stopped because I was just a bit like... God, that's a lot, and I just needed a bit of time to just think about it. And then I did, I did two and three in the same day after, but I had a really long break. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it, so I was like, "Gosh, I might need to break this up." But then the second one, it once it gets going, and also there's no, because um, I thought there was going, there's normally much like normally it starts the episode with what's just happened previously, but the second episode went straight in. There was no recap. I kind of was like, okay, so this is like a show with like we're going to have good pace with this, not no padding. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's always, you know, this one's always talked about very gothic, very Frankenstein-like. Well, I think that's the other thing as well. I think because it's Frankenstein, it's something. As then, as the story progresses and you realise that's what it is, it's something you can understand and relate to. In the same way that when we had um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde a few weeks ago. Yeah. There's stories that like you you kind of know, so you feel like you can follow it a bit. And you've got the characters, so you've got Solon and Kondo, you know, the servant and the, you know, the Dr. Frankenstein character. It's all quite operatic. All of the costume, all of everything, it's all... It it, is. But, but it's great, it works. And so Solon has been in it before. Oh. And I, I've just realised this myself, actually. He was... Oh! You fancied the warlord I just fancied last the time because he had it when well, he had a shaved head last time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He is the warlord. The warlord. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> you don't fancy Solon this time. <laughs> no, but he's, but he's really good. He's very convincing. He's got good like drama to him. Yeah, he's really good. And so the writer of this one, he wrote a lot of Third Doctor stories, and. Just going into the, the general story a bit, he wrote this, and the original concept was that you had all these um, spaceships crashing and everything, and it was a ro- and Morbius crashed in a spaceship uh, and obviously needed his head sorted out and his brain all sorted out and everything, and he had a robot servant, and the robot, not being human, not knowing, just got all these bits and pieces together to help him and didn't realise what it was making sort of thing it was a it was just a robot to function to create to help Morbius yeah whereas then they changed it to this Solon character who's supposed to be the greatest surgeon and they say in the DVD and everything he's like well does that make sense he's the greatest surgeon ever and he's already managed like surely that he 
if it's a human that has it, he wouldn't be putting the he wouldn't be putting these bits and pieces together. He's supposed to be the greatest surgeon, so why can't he make a proper thing? Do you know what I mean? So, but I think it still works. I think the idea of it is brilliant, and that he's made this. Well, he's using what he's got, and he's he's stuck on Khan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and for Kondo, okay, just going into Kondo, Kondo and his arm. It's very much like the eye patch last week. Yeah. Do you feel? Do you like Kondo? I do, but he's just there to serve the purpose. But he's a sympathetic character in a yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, like he looks after Sarah, you know, when she's blind and stuff, and like he doesn't bring anything to the story. He's just there to like help serve the story, and then when they need to kill someone off, they kill him. Yeah, it's quite violent as well. Um, the Doctor and Sarah get drugged. I quite like that. And like, Sarah doesn't get drugged because I see it when she she pours away the drink just like <laughs> slyly. She's very sensible. Don't drink anything green that you're given. It's going to be dry. And do you see them eating like seaweedy stuff? Yeah, yeah. I miss just pouring the drink away. How did I so miss she that? Pour, she sneakily pours it away just sort of out of shot, just ah. having the wine. That's why she, then she pretends to be drugged. I see. Um, and it's a great end of episode i think when that when she opens the curtain and there's that thing yeah yeah there's some really good cliffhangers in this oh and i forgot to say so the morbius thing when he's got his you know that creature this is the only time that doctor who monster has given me a nightmare oh really vividly when i was younger waking up in the middle of the night i had this nightmare of this morbius thing coming towards me gonna get me it's the only time. And you know what? It might have been just from the picture on the video cover, not even watching it. <laughs> it gave me oh. a nightmare. So the monster, I mean, what do you think of the overall? I know we're skipping ahead on everything, but with all the bits and pieces, I mean, with head, without head, what do you think of the design? I think it's a great piece of design, I think. I think he's, I think he's scary. I think that would scare kids. Yes, I think it's clever. I feel like we've had it before, but I feel we're at that point where we get a lot of things that we've had before. Uh, but I did like it. When you see, I think I liked it in its first form rather than when it had a head later. Right. Well, I mean, opening up a headless thing, Sarah, she doesn't scream. She just sort of backs away. <laughs> she keeps yeah, it yeah, in. Yeah. It's very realistic. But And then that's when we find out that Morbius was executed and you get the whole history of that. Yes. Um, that's all in like the second episode, isn't it? That's the second episode. That's, that's got... what I mean. It, it took until into that for us to get what it, the... yeah, what it's all about. And there is a little bit of back and forth with the doctor being sacrificed, yes or no, and stuff. But even you know that sacrifice bit where he's like, that is a huge, massive flame in the studio, and he is standing right next to that when it goes yeah. up, and all of those flames going round. That's I mean... the 70s. <laughs> Health and safety. I mean, they must have had people on standby with like they. It proper goes up, and he is standing next to it. I don't know if that's a clever angle or something, but that scarf as well could have gone up. I really liked when we saw Sarah in the amongst them. Oh, when, when she's pretending and she's hidden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was all really clever. And like she's there with her thing, and she's doing the the dance with them and stuff. Um, it's really clever. That again, she's well into it. She's got no issues. She goes from there. She knows where she's going. She helps the doctor. Um, but when she goes blind, her acting on that, I think she's blind for like nearly a whole episode and a bit. She's blind from then until literally, yeah, the start of episode four. But I think that's brilliant the way that she acts that. She's it's really good. And you know, Solon is saying that yeah, it's not gonna she's not gonna recover and everything. 
Kondo's nicer. But then Sarah, she goes from the house and she's walking across this alien planet on her own, blind, like, trying to get across back and forth. Classic Sarah is all I'll say. But that is so good. I mean, that is a I make make a note for a hero moment there, going across the car and blind. She's yeah, she's really good in it because it'd be easy to just yeah. She I don't know. She plays it in such a way where you really do you sort of feel her panic. Well, when the doctor rescues her and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to sell flowers," and blah, 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 she's sort of upset, but sort of like. You feel the real realness, and it's not like, oh my god, she's not over panicking, and she, there is a humour there to it. What does he say to her? Something like, "Be quiet." <laughs> oh no, he says, "He says be quiet, or I'll bite your nose." Exactly. <laughs> like, like, even in those funny. moments, even in those moments, they've still got that relationship and that. Even though it's, and but you still believe that it's dire circumstances. She could be blind forever, and they're stuck on this planet. I think it's because there's no music. So when they say it all, there's no like or any sort of like, you know, music to sort of cheapen it. It's just her like doing it. And you kind of believe like that gives it the real drama. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is like that's happened. Yeah, you can you can believe it. And then you go on to the end of that because she's blind. That next cliffhanger works really well because she stumbles in and we see brain in jar. Another yeah. brain in jar, a proper good brain in jar, and I I put down it's like a it's the most chaotic. It has a lot of chaotic energy that cliffhanger because he's shouting, she's shouting, blind <laughs> waving around. He's like, keep away, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it then it finishes. That is the most chaotic energy cliffhanger. Yeah. I thought the brain worked best in the liquid, which is ironic because it 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 did. Once it started to be like, when he started getting out the liquid, I was like, oh, the brain looks shit. Oh, it was horrible when he poured it all out. I was like, oh. I was like, that brain looks like shit. Do you know what? The worst thing for me in all of this, even though Morbius scared me and everything, when you see the voice thing stretched out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just so... I don't know. That that makes me feel a bit queasy. Of course it does. Seeing the voice box stretched out. Oh, there's just certain things that I just can't, you know, when you watch like operations and stuff on TV, yeah, I just yeah. can't see it. And it, that voice box does it for me. I feel faint when I see that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about, we watched this, we we're watching something in science class at school and it wasn't even that bad. It was about some hospital operation-y thing. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm going to faint. I feel really queasy. I've got to hold it together. I've got to hold it together. <laughs> and then just as I was like, I can't hold this together. I cannot watch this. This girl next to me fainted. Ah! Yes! <laughs> Focus on her. And then, then they had to stop the video. And I was like, oh my God, that could have been me. <laughs> she was thinking the same Saved. thing, probably. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it was something. It wasn't even that bad, I don't think. But um, was yeah, it that probably reminds one? me. Hey? Was it that birthing one that we other people oh, having sex? Oh no, no, I wouldn't have faked. Oh no, 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 it wasn't the sex one. No. <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> um, but no, that I think that's horrible. And I think for kids, all of this is pretty. If the brain, when it plops on the floor, when it falls out, a lot of head talk, a lot of you know people yeah, cutting yeah. people's heads and stuff. Operations. I know it's sort of fantasy, but still sewing bits of things up it's got it's going up a level every time we watch oh yeah for sure 
even though it's only a studio one. No, but even like when going ahead, when Kondo gets shot, it's and it blood comes out of him, and he gets shot and shot, and then he's having that fight with Morbius, and he gets strangled. Like you actually see the blood, and it comes out of him. So I think what really works in this episode is everyone's commitment to what is happening. The acting, without a doubt, is second to none in this story. There is not any weak link in the acting, I'd say. No, no. And it's not like in terms of speaking cast, there's only like Dr. Sarah and then four others, really. If you forget all the extras of the system, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. only there's it's a really small cast and you've got you go between like three sets, that's it. It's all very contained. It's very contained, and it'd be really easy for this to have been a sort of side story to the bigger ones where they film in places and stuff. But actually, everyone's commitment to not making it a children's show, really feeling the drama of it, I think really, like, steps it up. And the story, were you getting bored throughout the story or... Because I was thinking, you don't get Morbius proper until episode four. So you've got that build-up. You're doing the operation. What's he going to be like when they put their head on? What's going on? So you it's not you don't get bored, I don't think. No, no. Um, and then Sarah, well, again, poor old Sarah. She gets, finally she can see and she turns around and there's the monster right in front of her. Yeah, yeah. That is quick. And she's got some quick reflexes. Really quick reflexes. And Morbius is not happy when he wakes up because obviously he sees himself with the this weird fishbowl thing on his head and he goes a bit mad. Kondo saves Sarah, again, brave moment for that before he dies. Then all the sisters, uh, well, sister gets killed. So then you've got rampaging oh, I Morbius. I liked all that. I did like, I felt real like fear over that. Maybe it's because I'm female as well, but like that sort of threat of this thing coming. I don't know, I felt that sort of threat on, of her. And this is going to sound awful, but I think it's because it, it's ultimately it's a man attacking an innocent woman. Yeah. And it's a monster attack, like this monster man thing, just attacking this innocent woman. And I don't know, as a, as a female, I found it very, I kind of felt that threat. Well, do you remember when we did our other books podcast, when we watched the original Frankenstein? Do you remember we watched that and he goes on the and he kills that little girl, doesn't he? Or it's accidental. I mean, in, in that one, it's accidental. He like, drowns her or something, doesn't he? The, he does, yeah. It seems like that. It's very... I mean, this is the parallel here, but this is more Morbius is confused and doesn't know what's going on. And... Well, you see, I think, I think, like they said early on, because they haven't fully connected everything, he's just in a primal state of animal. So all the bits are more than the brain. Because it's not until later that he talks. It's not until he's done that work on him that he even speaks. And actually parallels with that Frankenstein film, you know, when all the villagers go up with their flaming torches and he yeah. off the building, that's the sisters after him. I mean, it does rip from Frankenstein quite a lot. <laughs> but... but I loved that scene. I loved them all going up and, like, soaking up and burning him. I thought that was great. Yeah, and... We get, well, actually, the Doctor, the Doctor and Sarah get trapped by Solon, and then they put the gas through, and he gets killed, I think, or unconscious. You never see him again after that. That's pretty horrific. But, but I'll die and I to the rescue. And then we have, I know we've gone through pretty quick, the sort of head-to-head, the mind bending with Morbius and the Doctor up against each other. 
and you see all these faces. So I want to talk to you about this because this has recently come up in Doctor Who <laughs> fandom. Okay. <laughs> so you see all the faces. So you see the other three Doctors and you see these other faces as well. So apparently the intention, I was just reading up, was that these were other faces of the Doctor. Right. Because when, well, when I watched it, I just thought, well, there's faces of the Doctor there and then Morbius is putting his previous incarnation yeah, in there as well. That's what you think. Um. But then, okay, this is spoilers for like a more recent series, but you'll forget by them. We <laughs> want to talk about it now. So there's this whole thing in the recent 13th Doctor series where it's implied that there's more Doctors before the first Doctor, basically. Well, that would make sense, yeah. There's this, this idea that the first Doctor wasn't the first Doctor. And there's this scene where uh, the 13th Doctor does this sort of mind thing and you see all these flashbacks you go through all of the series all the classic series all these flashbacks you know everything da, 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 da. and it focuses there's a longer bit than normal of those morbius the brain of morbius clip with those faces so ever since then everyone's like these are previous doctors da, da, da. and everyone's like these are the previous before william hartnell who are these people there's like five faces even to extent where at this um signing there's photographs of you know all those do- all of those faces from the brain of Morbius wow. for people to so these are the previous doctors they're on like merchandise and stuff oh my God. and okay. things now everyone's like these are the pre Hartnell doctors so I just wanted to wonder what you thought of that idea I I mean you don't have to you could just think well that's Morbius I always thought that was Morbius's face I thought it was I thought through. it was Morbius I thought that they were having a battle and you could see it. But I do subscribe to the idea that, like, there were previous Doctors before the Doctor. I I think we just meet the Doctor when we meet the Doctor. And he just happens to have his grandchild with him. And he's... And also, like, he's an older man. Or he's, you know, portrayed to be. And at some point, he was a young man that wanted adventure, and that's why he left. And he's 700-odd years old. Yeah, and those faces as well, they are pictures of some of the production crew just dressed up. And one of them is the producer. Ah, okay. So at this convention, he was signing photos of that. He was signing pictures as, of that. As, as, the as the, From the Brain of Morbius, that screenshot of him from the Brain of Morbius. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I but. mean, yeah, I, I don't... I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it like... I saw it as just... Well, I think I think people did until they used it in the latest series, this clip from the Brain of Morbius, randomly, and it just blew up. <laughs> you know. I mean, I can understand why people think that, but I also I think maybe that's just me. Like, but if it's not something that I connect to in terms of like viewing it, they are literally just faces on some merchandise. It's just where maybe money, maybe when it? we get to it, maybe when we get to that series, you'll be like, oh my god, it's the Brain of Morbius. It all makes maybe sense. Maybe I now. will. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Oh, I should remember like last week. Never mind. <laughs> no, you remember. You remember Tenth Planet and stuff. Every now and then, I surprise myself. <laughs> I know. You and shock me. myself. And equal <laughs> you shock everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no one's more shocked than me. Trust me. <laughs> oh, the other thing I was going to say, like when Morbius talks as well. That's uh, finally, you know, it finally because he doesn't talk until right at the end. He gets no, well. He talks as the brain, and then when he's that monster thing, he doesn't. But yeah, then he, then he starts. He, he tinkers with him, doesn't he? Before he gets hit with the cyanide, and he's like, "You're fixed. You're well now. You'll yeah. live." 
And what do you think of the sort of ending with the elixir of life? The doctor sorts out the flame just with a little firework thing. Oh, can I just say yes. one thing? Sorry. I wish a little bit more had been explained or made of how Morbius is bad. Yeah, I suppose it's it's the same as sort of Omega, really. We didn't. We just found out that he was an ancient Time Lord, and he... well, I felt we had even more context with Omega than we did with Morbius. At least with Omega, that even the Time Lords explained things, and there was like a sense of like he, like it's explained he started what they do. There was um past and structure to his evilness, you know. Whereas. We're just told that he's bad and he's done terrible things and that's why he needs to be destroyed. That's all we're told and we just have to go with it. I would have liked a little bit more understanding of what that was or meant or I don't know. Like, how did he get out of how did he get out of Gallifrey? Yeah. That's, yeah, just, you know, that's something. Like, how does the doctor know him? Like, uh, that he's evil. Like, what's the connection? Other than just he's bad. It's bad, bad, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still not really expanding on the history or anything. No one's really that interested. I mean, we haven't had that much Time Lord stuff. Even when they do like this, I mean, the Master, we didn't really find out any history with the Master when he was Oh, around. no, we did a bit because we, well, knew, that that they knew, but we knew that they knew each other when they were. But no, there's not, hasn't been much sort of Time Lordy stuff recently. Really, and then this is just a little bit of a... It could have been anyone. It didn't have to be a Time Lord necessarily, I suppose. It could have just been a baddie. Yeah, I think that's why I'm a little bit... I wish they'd done something a bit more, because it could have just been anything. It could have just been this guy's evil, and he's got evil plans, and they... I don't know, the sister stopped it, but he's been survived as a brain in a jar. I don't know. But are they supposed to be saying, because he's this Time Lord, he's got even more power... And the sisterhood are scared of him, so he must be really powerful. And that is trying to bring it up a level rather than just a mad side. Yeah, I think I'd have just preferred to know, like, the doctor's just like, yeah, he's bad. Even Sarah at one point goes like, so, like, he's really bad, is he? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> That's not the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But um, but it's because it's a four part. I mean, if it was six, maybe there was a bit more time to expand. But or five, it, maybe. But I think they could have done. I really think they could have like had an explanation in there. Maybe when they were with the sisterhood. I don't know. I don't have an answer. But it would have been nice to have had that, even if it was at the end. I didn't really. Yeah, with the elixir of life and stuff, and yeah, Ma- um, Marin walks into the flame so well one minute she's oh, there and the next she's there and i loved that i loved all that because like she sort of sees yeah i thought it was great yeah yeah it's a nice it's a nice bit of wrapping up there at the end with everything and uh i don't know it's a shame that condo gets killed i think we yeah, don't but what, what did happens. he bring mark and what would his life have been past it i know but i, well, it's just, I, like, I think it's like, his only purpose was there to to die but when he but when he realizes that solon has used his arm that moment, oh, that's sad. Yeah, yeah, I, I think like he's great, but he, his character's not to like. It doesn't exist beyond that. There is the there is the similarity in the original Frankenstein, isn't it? There's that. He has an assistant. What's his yeah. name? That Igory, or not Igor, but that kind of person. He is in the film, isn't he? Uh, so overall, then, not bad. No, I did enjoy it. I know it sounds like I'm being really critical, but I did really enjoy it. Um, I give it an 8 out of 10. 
Yeah, not bad. Yeah, again, it's another. It is another fan favorite. I mean, I was well, I know it is because by chance, uh, someone was asking me about the podcast, and I said, "Oh, I'm on the brain of." More, I couldn't remember the name. I was like Morbid, and brain, oh yeah, and they knew it, and they're not like a big Doctor Who person. They know a few of the old episodes from seeing them on TV, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a really good one." Wow, yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there in people's top ten. I think in that poll, I was, I was looking. This got really high. This is like... yeah, and I can see why because there's a lot of good things. The acting makes this. The acting, the chemistry between the Doctor and Sarah. Sarah's acting is peak in this. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, she the one thing with Sarah as a companion that I love is she never it's never down. It it's never put down. She's almost her acting is almost as equal as the doctor, but she knows her place. Listen, Polly, but she knows her place. So she knows she's just a companion, but in terms of her the way she delivers it. It's as if she's doing Shakespeare. It's as serious as any drama. It is, yeah. You believe everything she says. And just going back to the beginning as well, just those little... It's it's like they're ad-libbed, but I don't know if they are, where she's gone round to look at this pod thing, and the Doctor's in a sulk, and she's like, what's this? And he's like, what? And she goes like, what? Pardon? <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that, where it's just so naturalistic. yeah. And her whole acting style is very naturalistic. Like, since the start, she's been like that. She's been so... But this is like, she's... There's so much good in this. She's peak. And Tom Baker is as well, because when he's with the sisters, like with the sisters, he's got these little jokes with them and stuff. And then suddenly he's like, Morbius is really dangerous. He's going to kill everyone if we don't sort it out. Like, this is deadly serious. But then he's like, oh, here's a little firework. I can sort out your gas problem or whatever. You know, it's just completely... Yeah, he's he's like comfortable and in his element here. He's playing like with the character and stuff like... And then the side characters in this are just strong. Like that, that woman is, she's strong. You don't, there's no like sort of... I mean this how it's going to sound, but she plays it like a man. She, I'm talking of the time, right? Like... Like in that period, we're talking the seventies, and she plays it as if she is uh, Macbeth's wife or whatever. Do I mean Macbeth? You know, Lady Macbeth. Lady Macbeth. She's like she's like Lady <laughs> Macbeth. She's playing it as seriously as that, and it just works so well. She and of the time, I. It's because we're going into new eras now. You know, we're not in the sixties; we're in the seventies. There's a lot more equality, and I think like it's just showing amongst the acting because previously the women would be these sort of. Not always, but they'd either be like, we get the tea and coffee and that's what they do. Or sometimes the action could be a bit panto-y. But also, we we remember the strong women performances because there's not many of them. Oh, what was her name? Jo- Jan Lee. Jan Lee. Yes. Jan Lee <laughs> was amazing. Like, I mean, I don't know if she was amazing. I think we might be putting no, it up No, no, but her <laughs> acting was. We're talking about like... Her in terms of that like she's played supposed to be um, that was but we remember it. She was yeah, of course she was. We 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 really remembered her. Do you know who would work well with a sisterhood? Who I mean Jan Lee. I don't know. I do I mean Jan I don't mean Jan Lee. I the don't mean Jan Lee. The second doctor's first story. Yeah, with the women. 
Um, oh, Marga. You're talking Marga. about Marga. I'm talking about Marga. <laughs> I was going to say, well, yeah, Jan Lee. I was like, wow, Jan Lee. No, we did like Jan Lee as well. But no, Marga is strong. Yes. Yes. Marga. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. So we remember, so I just don't remember names, but we remember those characters, especially the women, because that's not always. If we go back to that, do you remember the wife in, um, oh gosh, which one was it? I want to say Cave, it was a. Cavemen. No, no. It's only recent. And she's like, no, don't take my husband. Take me. Oh, Planet of the Spiders. Yes. Yeah. We get a, we've had a lot of that sort of thing in the past. I think Edith would work well with the I sister. I was waiting she, for Edith to come up. No, she would. She's perfect for the sister. I could totally see Edith from the Time Meddler in well, that's the Sisterhood. Right. To be fair, though, that is why I asked if that actress had been in it before. Because it kind of reminded me of Edith and like her level of acting. Yeah. Here's a, a horn of elixir, anybody? <laughs> horn of elixir. No, um... <laughs> oh my God, you know what I'm totally going to do? I'm totally going to undo <laughs> like, all of your amazing <laughs> praise for the sisterhood and um, ask them all to serve drinks at the next Oscar. <laughs> oh, please don't. I need them there as honorary guests. I want them all to just come. They're going to do the entertainment with a dance. Of course, of course, they they would not be serving drinks. I promise, they would not be serving drinks. No. <laughs> very much. That's my job, according to you. So. No, you just happen to be in the ice bar. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I will never live this down. No, I, no, I am glad. I'm glad you liked it. Well, we only have one more story left of the season. Yeah. Wow. Oh well, shit. What? What? Say that again. There's only one more story left of this season to go. No, okay. I mean, short seasons. I I didn't clock that in my head, what you were saying the first time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. No, no. Oh. <laughs> um, and it is six episodes, though. Okay. I'll break it up. Go on. What's it called? Uh, it's called The Seeds of Doom. The Seeds of Doom. Oh, God, we've had Seeds of Terror. Yeah, seeds of Death. Death, yeah. Okay. Now we've got Doom. Okay. And again, it's another amazing fan favourite. It's up there again, this whole, like, this whole season. So um, I've not watched it for a while, actually. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be fairly new to me because it's been such a long time. Yeah, okay. So yeah, more, more Doctor and Sarah. I mean, you did say you were getting a bit bored of Sarah last time, but... Um, yeah, and as, as in, I just stick by that. I really like her, but I'm ready for either another companion to come in and join them or Sarah to go. I need the dynamic to sort of have a bit of a shift now. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2WatchWho and support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash 2WatchWho. Thank you, everyone who has been in touch. It's always good to hear your comments. Yeah, we do love it. Even if we're slow replying, we do. We do. (laughs) Yeah. We're not the quickest, but. No, we try. We try. (laughs) We always do try and get back, even if it's a few days later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, next week. Bye. To watch who.